for anybody that did not go to a psychiatrist yet or is thinking, do I need a psychiatrist? Do your research. Do your research before you go to anyone because going to a psychiatrist is like going to a brain surgeon. They're going to diagnose what you're going through. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on Hope to Recharge podcast, the podcast that's designed to break the stigma around mental health and to create some hope and inspiration and give some practical tips to those that are struggling with mental health, whether it's from personal stories to break the stigma or some advice from professionals in the mental health community. Whether you are struggling with mental health on your own or you know a loved one that is struggling, we are here to support you and to create a community so you you know you are not alone. The road to recovery can be difficult and challenging. At Hope to Recharge, we believe that in mental health, together is always better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for joining me here today. Happy holidays, everyone. Hope everybody is having a somewhat nice holiday. And if you are having the holiday blues, go to the episode of dealing with the holiday blues and how to tap into gratitude, even though you feel a little bit down. Don't feel that you are alone with this because there are so many people out there that are dealing with the holiday blues. And if you're not dealing with the holiday blues, I hope you're having a fantastic, fantastic holiday. Happy New Year to everybody. I want to give everybody a blessing that this upcoming year should be a year of internal growth, internal joy, much success with everything around you, relationships, self-work, finances, joy, connection, that this year should bring you just an abundance, opening the door to so many opportunities, to dreams. And this year should be a year of clarity. You should have clarity. Clarity is such a big step in life. And I think it's a gift. When we have clarity, it's really a gift. Today is going to be my second solo episode that I spoke about my journey of healing. The first one was on December 10th. I had a solo episode called Raw and Vulnerable. It's episode number 56. If you did not listen to it, I recommend you listen to that episode before you continue with this episode, just because I think it sets the tone for how to work on yourself and what does working on mental health look like from a mindset point of view. So in that last episode, we spoke about mindset. We spoke about attracting positive energy with our thoughts. We spoke about gratitude. We spoke about how not to be a victim and the desire to heal and positive affirmation. That was in the last episode. In this episode, speak about things that are not so much in our mind, but the practical things that I did. And I think that were super helpful for me and my healing to move the needle and to really one step at a time, continue my journey to healing. So in this episode, we're going to discuss doctors, how to find the right doctors, psychiatrists, therapists. What is it like to be on meds? The pros and cons for me, how it worked for me. Everything that you hear on this episode is my journey. You might not see eye to eye to that and that's fine, but I'm talking about my journey. So I'm going to be talking to you about my journey with meds and exercise, meditation, yoga, and stuff that we have to do day to day or during the week on a constant basis in order to keep moving the needle and improving and how important it is to healing. And I'll speak about healers, quote unquote, energy healers, the non-traditional way of healing healers versus psychiatry. Should I call it that way? Healers versus psychiatry. And I use both of them and they were both very, very important in my healing journey. I'm going to be speaking about that as well. How to find what works for you in this whole journey of the non-traditional healing way, which I think now it became very trendy and very traditional, but I would say the old school of healing with psychiatry, medication, therapists. So that's what we're going to be speaking about in this solo episode, the practical things to, to do versus the mindset, which was the last episode. I had an episode with my psychiatrist, which I highly recommend listening to also. It was episode number 26 and it's called Healing Beyond Meds. It's with my personal psychiatrist. We deep dived into what is it like to take medication and why it's important, different ideas of psychiatry and how we have to incorporate also some 
mindset into our medication. I also had an episode with my energy healer that we went into the aspect of of what does energy healing look like. That was just one episode that we touched upon energy healing. And that is episode number 30, if you want to listen to it, with Brian Weiss, my healer, Brian Weiss. Before I deep dive into this conversation we're having today. I just want to give you a little bit of a background on this upcoming mastermind we've been hinting about. This mastermind we decided to put together after we're seeing an amazing outpour of desire from our listeners to take their wellness to the next level, to level up wellness in their mental health area. We decided that a community, a small intimate community of people that are ready to implement, they're ready to do the hard work, they're ready to show up, they're ready to take action, and they're ready to try something else that they didn't try already. This mastermind will be able to give them a place to talk about what's working, it's not working. We'll talk about what worked for me in depth. Every month will be a different idea that we're going to deep dive into. It's going to be a mastermind that we meet once a month on a Sunday evening. We'll let you know on the time exactly in the form that we're going to give you when you think about if you want to join this mastermind. Uh, But it will be every first Sunday of the month besides January. January, we're going to do it the third Sunday of the month, just because a lot of people will be still on vacation, getting back to their routine after a long break at work. So we wanted to give our fellow mastermind community time to catch their breath, start the new year. And then we're going to meet at this mastermind. So it'll be on Sundays in the evening. We're going to be meeting on a Zoom call. Sometimes we're going to have people from the mastermind be in the hot seat and discuss what they want to discuss and get ideas from them. Or we're going to have some professionals from the mental health world come and inspire us and help us grow and move the needle. So who is this mastermind for? It's not for everybody. We want it to be small and intimate. We want it to be very focused. We want it to be something that you feel that you're really benefited out of showing up and choosing this mastermind. So it's going to be the Hope to Recharge mastermind. I'm going to give you a a description of the person that fits this mastermind. So first of all, it should be the Hope to Recharge podcast listener. The person should know more or less what we are talking about in this podcast. They don't have to listen to all the podcasts, but they should just know who I am. They resonate with my message. They want to be more involved in the community. So our fellow listeners, we want people that are committed to the process of healing, people that are ready to um, move the needle a little bit more, that they're, they know that acquiring a life of mental health takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time, and they're willing to try something new and they're committed to healing and they're committed to a better life. One of these commitments I find when I speak to a lot of people that are going through the journey of healing is that not everybody has already tapped into either therapy or some kind of a course or book, somebody that already took action previously before Hope to Recharge to to give themselves the opportunity to heal. So you have to be already, either you were in therapy, you are in therapy, or you're looking forward to therapy, you're committed to going to therapy or to healing or to a, a group, something that you already did to say, I am committed to this process because it's a very different mindset when you are already committed to the process and you're already involved versus the beginners. The other thing is very important is on the growth journey to healing, that they're always looking to going up. They might be feeling very down at the moment, maybe in a very low place in their mental health journey, but in the long term, they're, they're trying to go up. They're not looking how down they are. They're trying to go up. So somebody that's on the growth journey in their mental health path, positive thinkers in the long run, and they believe in hope. What does that mean? 
Positive thinker is something that we discussed in the previous episode that I mentioned. It's super important for anybody that's doing the hard work because if we're doing the hard work and it's really a lot of exercise and hard work and trying and falling and getting up and moving forward, if we're positive thinkers, it will help us get up again and try again. If we're with a negative mindset, whatever we implement is not really going to work. It's just not. At general, we should be somebody that's very positive. And something that I really want in this community is people that want to give, givers, givers, givers. I love givers. People that are saying, I'm willing to give of myself. I'm willing to give of what I went through to help somebody else. I'm willing to share my journey with someone else and break the stigma, not keep my journey to myself, but I'm going to share my journey. That's what I mean by givers in order to maybe help somebody a little bit or a lot of it in their own journey that they're trying. I realize that every time they hear an experience from others, it gives them some kind of clarity or the ability to stand up and try, or they just feel they're not alone. So by us sharing our journey and being open and vulnerable, now it doesn't mean that we have to share our deep, dark secrets, but sharing that we are struggling or our struggles in the past and how we overcame them or what we tried that didn't work and it was a disaster. So that's what I mean by givers and willing to give of themselves of their vulnerability to help others and to help break the stigma that others can come out of their box of fear that what are people going to think of me? What is the world going to think of me? And be okay with sharing it. And the last thing that I'm looking for in these group of amazing people that are going to choose to move the needle to level up is someone that is grateful or willing to practice gratitude. We are going to be practicing gratitude every single meetup in this mastermind. We're going to be practicing it for a very short time, like maybe a minute or two in the beginning. But I need to know that my tribe, the people that are going to be joining my community, believe in gratitude, because for me, that's a fundamental piece in healing. So either learning how to practice gratitude, implementing it in their life, starting, trying, being willing to entertain the idea, but grateful people or people that practice gratitude are the people that I want in this mastermind. So now that you heard about it, think if this is for you, if you are ready to take action before the New Year's, before you can go to hopetorecharge.com forward slash mastermind. That's hopetorecharge.com forward slash mastermind. You can sign up right there and there. It's easy. It's one click away and you are going to be working with me for the year and we will be exploring and growing together. We have a special price for the first 20 people that are registering. They're going to get a really sweet deal on this incredible experience. Don't wait if you think this is for you, but think about it. If this is for you, go grab your seat. We would love to work with you. We would love to be with the right people that are ready to take their mental health to the next level. The link is in the show notes. The link will be on our website. The link is on our social media. Don't wait longer. Go grab your seat and gift yourself the opportunity of growing and evolving in 2020. And we could do this together. And now we're going to deep dive into the episode of the solo episode of how I acquired my wellness with psychiatry, meds, my healing, my exercise, yoga, meditation. So a quick background before I jump in, for anybody that didn't hear my story, I was a mom of three children. My youngest was two or three years old. I returned from Israel from a uh, family visit. And the night after I returned, I found myself in the hospital, rushed to the hospital with EMT because I was in a full-blown panic attack, not knowing what a panic attack was. And they decided to take me to the hospital. So after I was released from the hospital and I was diagnosed as severely depressed with extreme anxiety and panic attacks, I started doing the research and I thought in the beginning that I'll be able to battle this on my own. In the research that I was doing, I kept on looking at the word depression, depression, depression. The more I was reading about it, the more I felt I would never 
get out of it. And it just consumed my mind. And as much as it was helpful for me to get information, it was also very dangerous for me because I was going in a spiral downward of thinking of the worst things that can happen. But I was, I I remember sitting on the couch and saying, okay, Ari, what's going to happen? I'm not leaving my bed really every morning. I'm, I'm the most I could go is downstairs and sometimes not even that. And I can't do carpool because I was in fear. I would call Ari every time I thought I was going into a panic attack and I just stayed at home and it reached a point that I couldn't be of help to anybody around me. I couldn't take care of my children and I couldn't function. And that's when I decided I need a doctor. I need a therapist. I had a therapist, like a general therapist, but it was just my day-to-day journey of dealing with stuff. It wasn't a therapist that was sharing my mental health status of panic attacks. And I thought it was like a level up of what she was able to help me with. So I went to my doctor and I, my local GP and I said, I've been in the hospital many times for panic attacks and I'm really, I'm not eating, I'm not sleeping, I'm not functioning. I need a doctor. I need like a psychiatrist. So they sent me to the local psychiatrist over here and it was a disaster. Now, for anybody that did not go to a psychiatrist yet or is thinking, do I need a psychiatrist? Do your research. Do your research before you go to anyone because going to a psychiatrist is like going to a brain surgeon. They're going to diagnose what you're going through and hopefully they'll be right. And they're going to probably suggest some medication. Now, medication can be the biggest miracle in your life. You can be struggling so much and suddenly, and you can't even catch your breath from the pain and medication can just make the pain a little bit less or help you sleep or help you eat or help you function. If you're not at the right doctor that really takes the time and really diagnoses you properly and holds your hand, through the process of medication, it could be the biggest downfall for you in your healing process. Research the doctor, the psychiatrist that you're going to go to. I did not research. I was so desperate. I didn't know anything about it. I just went to my doctor and he said, oh, there's a new doctor, psychiatrist, try him out. I should have done some background check. After I went to the psychiatrist the first time, the local one, I was diagnosed with depression. He subscribed something and I took the medication and I was suicidal that night. I was so sick on the first dose of medication and he didn't warn me. There was no real, like he said, he basically said, you'll feel better within 24 hours. A little bit of the side effects of your anxiety will go away. And and it was the opposite. I was in a full-blown panic attack worse than ever. And I was actually having suicidal thoughts and I didn't trust myself that night and I ended up in the emergency room. And that's when I realized there's a lot to a good doctor and I need to seek out a good doctor. I called my aunt, that's a therapist, and I said, who is one of the best psychiatrists you know? I need a good one that will hold my hand, will explain to me, will monitor me. And thank God I was so blessed to find Dr. Samuel Parker in the city. And when I went to Dr. Parker, the first session was hours. He went step by step analyzing how it came about in the beginning. What was I like before that my slow down were process of depression and what was my first panic attack like? What were the follow-up panic attacks like? And he really went deep into understanding where I'm holding then and how I got to then and how long it took. And by him understanding, he was able to give me clarity of where I'm holding with my mind. I really came to him with no hope. I thought he's going to say to me, you'll be crazy forever. You'll be on medication forever. And this is going to be your new life. And I was nervous of side effects of medication and all the stigma that we have in our minds. But he really calmed me down. He explained what my mind is going through, what it's lacking, what a standard mind has, what a brain needs in order to be happy, to not have anxiety. What is anxiety? What does it come from? And the fact that he gave me so 
much time to just to understand what I was going through was my first step in my healing. I found hope in his office. When I left, I knew that I'm going to get better. I knew he's going to hold my hand. I knew I was in good hands. And he was very upfront with me that medication is trial and error and you have to try some things. It works for some people that and other people's it works less. And he monitored me. He put me on three different medications at the same time and he explained some are long-term and some are short-term. For now, when you have a panic attack, take this and this, but for the long-term, you're going to take that and other medication, but it takes three months to set in. Don't worry. It's a process. Call me, text me, leave me messages. Let me know what you're going through. Let's check up on you next week. Let's see how you're doing every week, then every month. Once we found the right medication and the right doses, I was... I don't think I was in his office for a year. I was really doing much better internally in terms of no anxiety. Maybe I should, I would have a little anxiety and my depression was lifted. I would say 70%. I still felt a low grade depression, but I was able to travel. I was able to do carpool. I was able to eat. I was able to function. And when I went to him the first time, he said to me, and this is in that episode that I, uh, the recorded episode that we spoke about this in depth, but he said, it's not only the medication. You need to work on your mindset and on your body. And he said, you're going to start doing yoga. You're going to start doing meditation. You're going to start praying. And all these things together with medication will help you come closer to a better matana. And I, when I heard that, I was crying. I'm like, what? This hope I'm going to actually heal. So for about a year, I was not in his office. And if there was a question or something, I would call him or I would email him or text him and he would be in touch with me. Very responsive and very warm and kind and understanding and empathetic. Sometimes psychiatrists are not so empathetic. They're more practical and that's very hard to deal with. So I was so grateful to have Dr. Park on my side. And then when he told me, Matana, you're going to have to start doing yoga. You're going to have to start getting outside, doing exercise. And he explained to me the benefits of yoga, the benefits of meditation, the benefits of running and exercise and what happens in our brain and the releases and the connections that are happening in the brain. And I was, and then I said, okay, I'm committed to this. I'm really committed to the process of healing. I have three children and I need to be better. I need to get better and I need to be the happiest Matana can be. So I looked into the local yoga studios and I started going to yoga every single day. It was a non-negotiable. My kids knew that they went to sleep at seven o'clock. My kids were much younger at the time. They went to sleep at seven o'clock and mommy left the yoga every night at 8 p.m. On Friday, I used to go in the mornings because I couldn't go Friday night because I keep the Sabbath. And as the second Sabbath ended, like within an hour, I was on my yoga mat in the yoga studio. The benefits of going to yoga are besides the actual breathing and learning to be mindful and learning to be with your emotion and accepting your emotion and the exercise and the different poses, what it does to you besides all that, which is a whole episode in itself, what yoga does to a person that's battling mental mental health, but the idea that you're going to a place that almost every single person on a yoga mat in that class is mindful and is choosing wellness. They're setting aside time for themselves and they know how important it is to be in the moment, to be connected, to stop for a second and breathe and to be in a room full of those people. And then eventually these people become your very close friends. There's something very healing about it. Really, really healing. So it was like my support support group, even though I didn't really share my journey with everybody, but we kind of were together and doing this exercise of yoga for each and everybody's internal journey of healing. I felt so safe there. I felt so loved there. I felt so together there. And there were different teachers and I got very close to a lot of the teachers there till today. They're my friends and I'm grateful for their advice, their kindness, their hope they gave me 
their strength, the fact that they used to tell me, do it in your pace. I used to sometimes go and sit in the back of the class on a mat and just breathe. I didn't even go into any pose. I needed to breathe. My exercise, my exercise for that day was to breathe through my pain, to get through it. And I was terrible at yoga. I didn't know the first thing about yoga. I remember when I was single, my best friend, Allison from South Africa, she was very spiritual and holistic. She used to get up at like five o'clock in the morning or 4.30, go jogging and do her journaling and then would do yoga and she would stand on her head for a few minutes. And I used to laugh at her and she used to say to me, Matana, Matana, the first step in your finding yourself would be on the yoga mat. And I and she took me once to yoga class and I, by the Shavasana, I ran away. I'm like, I cannot do this. This is not me. I was so running away from what I was feeling, I couldn't be. I didn't know what it was like to be still. And I really believe that part of my mental health decline came from the idea that Matana couldn't stop. Matana couldn't just be. She couldn't process her feelings. She was always running away. And that Shavasana was was like the worst moments of my life because I just needed to be and still and feel and think. And then fast forward, I think it was 12 or 15 years after she introduced me to that yoga mat. And I never went back since. I just went that one time. And I said, the yoga is not for me. I'm like, you stand on your head. You leave me alone. I'm not doing yoga. It's not my speed. I came back 15 years later after my panic attacks and all that. And it became my safe place, my heaven I just looked forward to it every single day. And I did this, I think, for two or three years, maybe even longer. I did it until I got pregnant with my fourth child with Kate. Um, and then I had to stop because it was a risky pregnancy. And my doctor didn't let me do yoga at the time just because I needed to be more still in the beginning. But for years, that was my thing. And I can't stress enough the importance of yoga, how the stillness, how learning learning how to breathe properly through a panic attack, through an anxiety attack, through depression. We learn poses, how to open ourselves, how to open our heart, how to release pain, how to increase blood flow, how to be still. It's funny that my journey to yoga started with my psychiatrist. I'd like to take this opportunity to pause for a second and give a big thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp.com. Have you been thinking of getting therapy for a while, but you live in a place that doesn't have therapists that meets your need? Or are they too expensive for what you can afford and you really want to get help and therapy? Or do you travel a lot and you can't access the therapist when you travel? Or do you come home from work and you're too, it's too late to go to an office for therapy? Well, BetterHelp.com is an online platform for therapy. You can access thousands of therapists and choose from the therapist that meets your need. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash hope to recharge to receive your 10% off on your first month. Take charge of your wellness. Go try them out. They really try hard to match you up with a specific therapist that will meet your need. Don't wait to get help. Go now, betterhelp.com forward slash hope to recharge. You can access them from your phone, your tablet, your computer. You can be in your bed and you can receive your therapy you need. Don't wait longer. And now enjoy the rest of the episode. So then, so it was psychiatry then yoga. And during yoga, I met this lovely, lovely lady that was so a part of my journey of healing on so many ways, Rebecca Ness. Rebecca is, I'm afraid I'm going to not give enough of how awesome she is, but she's the kind of person that her aura and her energy just reflects love and kindness and calmness and healing. And I met her at a yoga class and she was telling me that there is going to be every, I think, Tuesday and Thursday, a meditation class at the yoga studio and she goes and I should join. And I didn't know what meditation was. I never practiced meditation and in the first few times was really difficult for me. I didn't even know what I was doing. And then it became something that I was really into. And then I started doing it on my own. And when I was realizing that I needed more for my sanity of my day-to-day activity, not so much for my mental health, panic and depression, but for my sanity of just a crazy 
overwhelming life of children and mom and just the day-to-day stuff. So meditation started becoming part of my routine and it started with one minute and then two minutes and then five minutes and then 15 minutes. And it really became a practice in my life. And the more I practiced meditation, the calmer I became. And I realized when I would disconnect from meditation because it was just busy or I didn't allow myself the time, sometimes I would say, oh, I'm fine. And I wouldn't gift myself the time to meditate. I would see my energy shift for the negative. So meditation was huge. And I highly recommend, it's an app that I use the Calm app. It has meditation and different sleep meditation and sounds. I highly recommend that. And also, if you haven't read the book, the book 10% Happier by Dan Harris, a game changer, an absolute game changer. He talks about his own journey with mental health, panic attack, anxiety, and he created an app. It's called 10% Happier. It's an app. It's a paid app that's so worth it. I highly recommend it. It has the guided meditation and all kinds of exercises, and it really helped me a lot. I think they're having actually, I saw in my email that they're having some kind of a sale for the holidays, but it's, I think, cheaper than a cup of coffee to buy this app for a month. And I think you subscribed for a year. I don't remember. It was so long since I did it. Definitely look at it. 10% happier. Read the book, A Game Changer. So there are different apps you can find. There's also so many online YouTube channels that are free, completely free of guided meditation. And you can write meditation for depression, meditation for anxiety attacks, and you can find resources. We are so, so, so lucky that we live in a day and age that we have so much resources for free online. We can get just Google everything. So in one hand, it could be the biggest curse because we see all the side effects and the fears and whatever. But on the other hand, we have access to so much free stuff that can help us heal communities and stuff like that. So definitely find either a group of meditators or a friend that wants to meditate with you or you yourself, find the app, find the YouTube channel that that speaks to you in meditation because meditation and yoga are something that if you incorporate into your life, you're going to start seeing an actual shift fast. Like you're not gonna have to wait months. It's gonna, you're going to see a difference almost immediately, at least in that day even. Now, I want to tell you something about yoga. There were a lot of times I went to yoga and it was just a crying session for me. I would breathe into a space that I was holding tight and it would be a release of an outpour of emotion and I would just feel lighter after the yoga session. And it was just, for me, it was worth it. I would go to yoga to just let out all that pain and whatever is holding is suppressed inside would come out. For me, it was like, wow. So that was my journey with yoga and meditation. Now, I want to go back to what happened to me with the meds. What happened with the meds where I told you what I was on a certain, a few meds for about a year. And then I realized that although a lot of the pain felt different, less pain, I was sleeping better before I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating. I wasn't leaving the house. So now I was functioning. I was leaving. I was running around. I was going to yoga, meditation. I was functioning. I was entertaining but there was still like a little cloud I was in. I felt that that I wasn't a hundred percent there. I was hoping that it was the medication. And maybe if I switched around the medication or tried to lower the dose, I said, maybe now that I did so much work with therapy, with my meds, with the, with the yoga, with meditation, maybe I can start shifting off of a little bit of the medication or playing around with it because I was really on a very heavy dose. And I found two things and my side effects were terrible. I was oversleeping. Like I felt it was hard to get up in the morning. And another side effect was that I felt like my brain was foggy. Like I wasn't sharp like I used to be. I didn't remember a lot of things. My recall was less. It was still better than being depressed and disabled to to function in life, but I just wanted to get my old self back. And I said, I called my psychiatrist. I said, I'm ready for a visit. And we spoke about the pros and cons of starting to lower my dose or maybe trying. I think the first time we actually switched to another medication for six months. And I realized that that medication was making me hyper and I gained a tremendous amount of weight, like 40 or 50 pounds. People didn't recognize me. And I just didn't like the way 
way I was functioning on this medication. And I felt stronger in my internal work that I was doing to try to wean off of some of the medication. Now, it took, I think, six months till I got completely off the medication because I was on two or three different ones at the time. I don't remember if it was two or three, but it took me a while to get off of them. Now, I was on a, such a high dose in the beginning that if I would take a third of that dose now, it would put me to sleep. If today, now, Matana, that not a medication for many, many years, took a third of that anxiety medication, I would I would fall asleep. It would be like a sleeping pill. It just shows you how much anxiety I was on then and what I needed in order to calm myself and in order to deal with life. We made a program of how I'm going to wean myself and I'm going to test. And, I, and he was so good about telling me to write everything down and journal, feelings, emotions, sleep, eating habits to just track to see where I'm holding. Are any um, suicidal thoughts coming? Are, are, are my depression mood swings coming back? So I, I, I knew that no matter what I was feeling at this state with medication, I do not want to go back to where I was before I started medication. You know, I, I, I'm like, whatever it is, do not take me back to that state of depression and anxiety. So after six months, I got off the medication. I was really doing pretty well, was doing pretty well. And I said, maybe now I can think about getting pregnant again. And I wanted to have a larger family. And I was working with my psychiatrist, my OBGYN, and my healer, which I'm going to touch upon soon to tell you about my my experience with my healers. But I thought that I'll be okay to have another baby. And I really was feeling quite good, really quite good. Should I say it was the 100% matana that I was before my first panic attack? No, but I was definitely improving and I was definitely on a higher level emotionally and connecting to myself and my and what triggers me and what makes who are good people in my life to be around and who I should avoid. And, and I really got pregnant after some trial and errors with medication. I also had early ovarian failure, which was another big hiccup in my wellness. And I was told I'll never have children again, but I was not aware of what I was going through. So there was a lot of hurdles along the way in the, in the OBGYN department. So I got pregnant and right away when I got pregnant, right away, my hormones started running and I had a severe panic attack, severe depression, fear, fear, fear. So remember, I'm off the medication. Oh, sorry. I was off of 99% of the medication. 99. I was on the smallest, smallest dose of something that was just stabilizing me, like really small dose. And I remember my OBGYN said, if you do get pregnant, I want you to, I want you to know that you're going to stop your medication. And I said, okay, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to do that. So when I got pregnant, he's like, okay, you got to stop the the, late, the small dose that you're on. Yeah, I got to stop. And after a week, I found I, I really saw a difference and I was in a terrible state, terrible, terrible state. So any woman that's listening to this, my message to you is be sure that you are strong enough to deal with the fluctuation that comes with hormones because it's really, it can be really hard. It can really be hard. I was begging my OBGYN, please let me get back on my, my, my um, mood stabilizer that I could not feel this depression, this sadness. And, and he said, for now, we're going to stay off of it. We're going to monitor you. If it really gets terrible, we'll put you back on it and we're going to find the right one for for pregnancy. But this was, again, this is my personal story and what my two doctors were, were talking to each other. And they knew my specific case and what I needed and what the danger was in my pregnancy and so on and so forth. I decided that if I'm not going to have medication, I'm going to hire a healer to walk me through this first trimester because my doctor said that I'll probably feel better. Both doctors, my psychiatrist and my OB said, I'll probably feel better after first trimester, just getting through the hurdle of the first trimester. So I hired a new healer. And when I say I hired, because she was literally my personal coach and I spoke to her three times a week and we would just do mind energy work to, to get myself to a status of I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. And working through the fears, the trauma and energy healing. So before I deep dive into this energy healer that I hired beforehand, I was, 
I used to try all kinds of energy techniques. So I did EFT. I did, I forgot what it was called. It was a different kind of tapping energy um, healing that I found. And I was bouncing around different energy healers, as well as I read lots of books on energy healing. I wanted to understand what it is. And one of the big ones that were very effective in my life was The Journey, the book The Journey. And I found a practitioner in Israel, actually, that does The Journey. I worked with her. It For some reason, I was not ready at the time. My I was not ready to let go. And then I found another energy healer months later that was dealing with the healer that was dealing with, that knew how to practice this kind of energy, the journey uh, method. It's called the journey method. And I was looking specifically for that because I felt that that will be something that I can really work with and it would do, would be very impactful for me. So when I found this practitioner, I started working with her and this was before I got pregnant. And then after I got pregnant, I decided that I needed something a little bit different and I got referrals to this lovely lady in Israel. And we we met on the phone. We spoke on the phone three times a week. We worked through the first trimester. Then I was feeling better. And then the second trimester and third trimester was just upkeep. Like I was really feeling great. I didn't have to go back on medication. I was feeling on a high, just the ultimate high of Matana. And it was so good to feel good. And I was looking forward to this baby. I did a lot of preparation mentally. And when I was hitting the close to the end of the last trimester, I was starting to get nervous about postpartum depression because I heard that whoever had depression before pregnancy is likely to have a relapse after giving birth. And I was really nervous about it. So we were doing a lot of energy work on that, on releasing that negative thoughts and the negative energy and creating a space for healing experiences. It was phenomenal. The last month I got on a plane to meet my energy healer after eight months of working with her. I went on a plane because I wanted a session face-to-face before I gave birth. I wanted a live session in front of her to do this healing practice for the for the baby, for me, to, to be ready for this big moment of giving birth and healing and going back to being the matana before medication. I would say even the new and improved matana because I came such a long way after medication. Like I really improved and I was in a higher level than ever. And it was really phenomenal. Phenomenal. I came home a few weeks later, I gave birth and I felt amazing. No medication needed. Thank God. I was doing my exercise. I was doing my yoga again. I was doing my meditation. I I was running. I had my, I had a coach for my exercise because I was so lazy. I used to tell her to come to my house three times a week and, and just work me to the ground with exercise because I was lazy. I didn't want to go running. I didn't want to go to the gym. So she would come for 45 minutes a few times a week and we would work hard. And and every time I did exercise, I felt amazing. Exercise is so important. If you like the outdoor, I would say do anything possible to run, to walk, to jog, to bike. Use the outdoors to exercise. Really, I'm really bad at this. I wish I had that desire to run and to jog outside. When I do, it really improves my mood and improves my mindset. I just have a hard time actually doing it. And that, and I think it's because I'm lazy, really lazy. It's just not my thing. I love being outside, but I don't like running. So that's why I had to hire a um, personal trainer that would work hard with me and motivate me through the movements. So exercise is also a big thing in healing. So find the exercise that works for you. And yoga is also exercise, by the way. There's some yogas that the yoga classes that are so intense, your heart's pumping like crazy as if you're in a cardio class and you're doing, you're really doing the muscle toning, really, really heavy duty exercise. So find the exercise that works for you. Even if it's 10 jumping jacks in the morning, 10 in the afternoon and 10 in the evening, some planks, stretches, find the stretches, look online for the stretches that work, um, that opens the energy, that releases negative energy, that releases hurt and pain. There's some very good exercises that you can implement when you're depressed, when you're anxious, when you have an anxiety attack. Exercise, exercise, 
exercise is just the best medication you can get out there, really. Before you start medication, and I'm not saying medication is bad, I think medication was the only way I was able to heal, really the only way. I needed to get on medication in order to get off medication. I needed the brain power to come back to me and the ability to think, the ability to sleep, the ability to process pain in order to be able to heal. So, and some people need medication the rest of their life and it's, that's fine. If that's the way you're living the best life, go for it, go for it, do it. Don't live in depression just because you're afraid of medication. We're so lucky that we live in a day and age that There's so many testing and tryouts and so many different options out there. But what I would say is make sure you're with a very good psychiatrist. So before you start medication, if you can push yourself to do yoga, meditation and exercise, all these things that I worked backwards, if I would catch myself earlier, if I would stop and say, okay, something's going wrong, get into yoga, start exercising, do meditation, I think I could have avoided the huge crash and not needed medication, but I didn't know. I was unaware. I was not in tuned. I didn't see it coming. So I needed to go through the path of medication that led me afterwards to yoga, meditation, and exercise. Those are things that I incorporated into my life. Obviously, therapy never left me. I was on and off different therapists, but definitely therapy was always a part of my journey. The reason why I changed therapists is just because I sometimes feel that I reached a peak with a certain therapist and I owe them a tremendous amount of gratitude and then I need to go deeper to somebody else. When I realize that I know what my therapist is going to tell me, I'm done with that therapist. So on to the next. And there are different therapists for different aspects of life. I change therapists around and that's fine. And some people like staying with the same therapist forever. That's different strokes for different folks. Again, a good psychiatrist, good therapy, yoga, meditation, exercise. And the last thing that I want to talk about is my my eating habits. I started to notice things that are good for me when I eat these healthy foods and things that trigger depression and anxiety. I would notice my food. So healthy eating and taking care of our body is really important in the journey to health in the mental health aspect, not only to our physical health. And I think they're intertwined in a way, but I would, I used to eat a tremendous amount of chocolate and sugar and ice cream and coffee. I had to stop coffee for a few years. It was one of my hardest things that I had to stop coffee cold turkey. But I would, after a while, after I think a year or two, I was able to have decaf coffee. And I remember that moment that I said, I think I'm strong enough that I can have one decaf coffee a day. Now I'm back to coffee once a day, not more than once a day. It's my treat and that, and, and I love it. But I monitor the chocolate. I monitor the sugar, the lows and the highs. And I also monitor what is going on when I'm grabbing that cake. What is going on in my mind? What's the why behind what I'm eating? And I try to drink more water, healthy stuff to drink, no carbonated stuff. There was a time that Ari bought me a juicer. I was so sick that I couldn't process food. He bought me the juicer and every morning he would juice carrot, oranges, celery, spinach. He would put all the good stuff in it with almonds. And this way I had my nutrition. And when I was on those juices, I was feeling so good. Really, like my body felt healthy. I had the vitamins. So important to have vitamins in our body. There was also a time that I was taking a tremendous amount of vitamin D. Vitamin D is something that we lack and we get depressed when we lack, then we get fatigued. It's something that we get from the sun. Vitamin D is important. So if you're lacking vitamin D, if you feel a little bit low on on joy and happiness and life and excitement, try to just take some vitamin D. And they're the, the good brands. Research the good brands out there. Vitamins, good drinking, good healthy eating. Be around positive people. Surround yourself with positive people. And that's what yoga did for me. I was naturally surrounded around positive, growing, mindful people. They were my tribe. They were my friends. They were my my everything. That's basically 
basically, I know I spoke a lot. I spoke a lot now. But these are things that I implemented over the years and were a non-negotiable in my recovery. Again, with healing, with finding the non-traditional healers, the practitioners, each one finds their own. There's so many books out there. There's so many YouTubes out there. There's do your research properly. See what fits you. I remember a lot of people telling me about the healers that when they went to, it didn't fit. It didn't feel right for me. I had that gut feeling, is it right for me or not right for me? So do the research properly about everything, about this: the doctors, the therapists, the yoga, the healers, even what exercise would work for you best. Do the research and take the time and gift yourself, gift yourself the fact that you're going to find the right cocktail that will help you step by step, slowly, slowly, and you constantly implementing everything. You're going to find a schedule that works for you. I know this sounds like a lot going on and very expensive. By the way, it was expensive. It was very expensive, but you don't have to use everything. You don't have to pay for everything. So much of what I said now, you could do without pay. You can really find the schedule that works for you and gift it to yourself and say, I am worth it. I have one life. You live one life. Grant yourself the gift of wellness and getting to it. And you know, when you work hard for it, when you are actually showing up and doing the work and you are acquiring your wellness and it's not coming to you naturally, there's something so rewarding and you feel, you know, like the sumo wrestlers how big and, and they're like, like built. You feel like a sumo wrestler of wellness that you acquired your strength. When you acquire strength through hard work, through hardship, through falling and rising and testing and knowing and showing up, keep on showing up and doing the hard work. That's when you feel so accomplished. And when you get to those milestones of feeling good, there's something so rewarding knowing that you put so much energy and time and testing and sleepless night or, or research to acquire this wellness. It's really huge. It's really, really huge. So I want to give you a blessing for the beginning of the year that this year you should be able to find the right cocktail for you, what will work for you. You should have the time to implement it. You should be able to to see that you are worth gifting it to yourself. You should choose life. You should choose happiness. You should choose to be well. You should know that you are worthy and also are entitled to be happy and well and achieve greater stuff coming your way. And it should come easily with clarity. I know I started off this episode with blessing of clarity. And I feel that for me in my journey, clarity was so one of my biggest gifts that I got really one of the biggest gifts that I got. So I want to give you the wish and the blessing that you should have clarity on what steps you should take to get to your wellness and to your end of journey of really achieving a happy, healthy, joyous life. Now, it doesn't mean that life doesn't get messy and it doesn't mean life doesn't get hard during it, but there's an overall uplifting feeling of joy in your life. And you che- you suddenly see what is working versus what is not working. It's just something that shifts in your mind after doing so much work. So that's a wrap for now. I hope this episode helped you to gain some clarity of my second step in the healing of my journey of healing. I know I use the word journey so many times, but life is really a journey, especially acquiring mental health stability. If you resonated with this, let us know. Let the other listeners know if you relate to anything here. If you tried something with what I was speaking about and it worked for you, or if you tried and it didn't work for you and why, you can help someone. You too can help somebody heal. So let's do this together because it mental health together is better. So let's share, let's bring hope, let's bring some inspiration, let's level up to wellness and choose a better life, choose to be a part of a tribe that is looking for a better life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this tribe. Thank you for being on the same page as me of the desire to break the stigma. And thank you for sharing our episodes. I really thank you all from the bottom of my heart for sharing this podcast with others, for commenting 
and for taking the time to correspond with us and to tell us what you enjoyed, what worked for you, what you tried, and for giving us an insight of what's going on in your life. So happy new year. Bye till next time. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.